This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our show today on this lovely San Diego April morning, Ahanu. Although it is chilly, and I have to say, I had to snuggle up in my bed quite a bit this morning, Ahanu, because Here you were begging me to go outside in the sunshine, but the sunshine wasn't exactly out, and the air was chilly, so here you are all bundled up in your sweater and your jeans and your slippers, and I was freezing, so I'm becoming a Californian, Hannah. I think you are, and you know, when you talk about being bundled up in bed and all, that's the place where dreams happen, and the funniest (laughs) thing is that over the last few days, we've been watching... Um, what's the show that we've been watching? Merlin, Merlin. Oh, yes, Merlin, yes. yes. And you know, on Netflix. Like? Yeah, and what that's what happens when you watch a show before you go to bed is you do tend to dream about it. You know, I find anyway that that's what happens. Our subject today, of course, is all about dreams and dreaming. But I found myself dreaming about Merlin and his antics and all the magic and the carry on that went on, the alchemy and all that kind of stuff, and of course King Arthur. Now. What happened this morning when I went out in that sunshine, searching for the sunshine? What happened? I found a shield. I know you did. It was it was comical because you actually brought it in the bedroom and you said, look what I found. And it was a warrior shield with a big eagle on it. From and the Knights of from King the Arthur's <laughs> Round Table. <laughs> you thought it belonged from the children next door, but I think, what timing was that? It was I know, perfect that it just appeared in the backyard. It's like a dream coming true. I mean, a <laughs> manifestation of a dream into reality. I know. And you know that episode last night where those... Children were hungry and starving. I was dreaming that my my granddaughter was somewhere with us, and she was hungry, and I was trying to get to the store to get her something to eat, and, except she had really curly hair, and she's like, I'm hungry, Grandma, I'm hungry. And I'm like, <laughs> that was from that show last night as well. But we are enjoying that series, aren't we? We're watching it on Netflix, and it's... uh. It's it's produced after a TV series called Merlin, and it is, yeah. we actually really like it. Yeah. yeah, but what I love about it is how it's linked into dreams. You know, everything is magical in that show, and in the dream state, it seems that everything is magical too. And of course, we focus on not ordinary dreams in the sense of we don't dismiss dreams as just being something that we do, just something that humans do. You know, we we discuss everything from the perspective of God's source. And this is why we're we're discussing this today, because we want to find out if the likes of our dreams really mean something on the bigger picture. And, you know, we'd love to know if God dreams when we dream, for example, you know, or does everybody dream the same dreams? Or what happens if two people dream the same dream? Or is it possible that two people would even dream the same dream? So these are all kinds of little questions that come up around the subject of dreaming. I don't necessarily want to get into the kind of mainstream dream interpretation. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know, we, we want to look at this from a bigger perspective, from a um, the perspective of what it really means for for us and for everybody who's listening. Well, Hannah, you asked about 10 questions there, so where do you want to begin? <laughs> Let's find out. So we preface this by by telling people that we did do a topic on dreams uh, some months ago, and it, there will actually be a full chapter in my new book on dreams, which will be coming out in April, uh, The Nature of Reality. So yeah. we're going to discuss some of that content today because that was a time when we did go into uh, the Akashic Records and talk to Source about dreams. Well, so, what did you say in that book, Angel Rose, about dreams? What are dreams and what are their purpose? Well, we found out that there were many levels of dreams, but Source had described them as being in a field of living color. Uh, it described dream energy, let's just say, as ribbons of colors that are that we're actually interacting with all the time throughout our life. But because we're, when we're conscious, when we're awake in our 3D world, we're so focused on what we're doing and we're busy and we're working and we're doing whatever that we're not really realizing that we're interacting with these fields of energy. So Source told us that consequently we get depleted of colors and light and part of the reason we dream is to be uh, replenished so we our conscious mind shuts off and we uh, another part of us uh, is open to being very receptive to being rejuvenated with colors and light and it's the reason we we have to dream actually or we let's just say we have to sleep part of the reason we sleep is to get rejuvenated but we're really interacting with fields of uh, color and sound when we're sleeping. And part of that purpose is to rejuvenate us. Uh, but there are many, many levels of dreams. And does it follow then from that, that the nourishment we would receive from sleeping and dreaming, that all living things dream and get nourishment from the, green, the dream state? Um, I don't think so. I don't think it's safe to assume that. I I don't know if plants actually dream. I don't think they do. I don't know if they have that type of consciousness to dream. But certainly um, those cycles of light and dark are designed to replenish us in certain ways. Yeah. Hmm? Because we, we do, well, because when you do fall asleep, um, different uh, hormones come into play. Mm-hmm. All right. And when you wake up, you wake up because you're stimulated by the sun. The sun, once it starts to rise, uh, produces a cascade of hormones into your body, which makes you wake up, which is one of the reasons people don't remember their dreams for very long, because all of a sudden a different part of the brain starts functioning. Right. Okay, so in other words, um, once those new hormones come in that, that go along with uh, sunlight and daylight come in, you certain parts of the brain shut down and other parts of the brain turn on. So that's why they always say, if you want to record your dreams, you need to keep a notebook by your bed and do it right away. Write them down straight away. Now, we we do know that dogs and cats dream because we see them twitching. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they get the same kind of nourishment from sleep and dreaming that you're talking about. Right. And I think there's a, there is a, you have to get to certain levels of sleep 
in order to be totally rejuvenated. And this is where we start to bring in what else happens when you dream, because some people wake up and they feel they haven't rested at all. And that's because their consciousness does, you know, you do go out of your body sometimes when you sleep. Your consciousness can wander off uh, into other dimensions. And as you just mentioned, here's here's this other part of dreaming when you process stuff that goes on through the day through in your conscious life. You can dream about your job. You were dreaming about aspects of the movie we were watching. I was dreaming about aspects of the movie. Um, so there is an, another part of dreaming where we do process events that went on in our waking life. And I think that's um, on purpose too, you know, just for us to kind of rehash the events. And, and part of that reason is, again, is because if you think about minutes and time when you're awake, you know, w- things happen pretty quickly. You know, from one hour to the next, you're doing this and then you're doing that. You're thinking this and then you're thinking that. And we don't necessarily have time to process all those events in our conscious waking life. So we will work it out uh, in some way or integrate it when we're sleeping. And is there, I know that I've been asked this many times in the past, is there a particular place in our brain, in the chemistry in the in the physical brain where dreaming happens you know is it connected to that part of us like we use for spiritual growth for example the pineal or the cortex or is it connected to some place well there might be but i don't know where it is we didn't ask that question i don't think did we ask that question no but it's just when you mentioned about the firing of the synapses when we're asleep it does use them from various parts of the brain yeah there probably is a part of the brain that has to do with dreaming i don't know what it is myself but it does have to do with when certain hormones shut off different parts of the brain do come on and uh, same thing when you wake up those parts shut off and different parts come on so i do think there probably is uh, science probably has found the location of that but I don't know it myself. Now, the thing that I've often wondered as a child, too, when you dream, the dream seems to last for ages and ages. You know, you're on this great, magnificent epic of a journey, and yet it may only be seconds in in the terms, in the way we measure time. How how is that possible? I think, well, because you're not in time when you're dreaming. You know, I'm, <laughs> you're not in the same um, boundaries, let's just say. You are off in a timeless place. So time is very different. But I think most dreams last probably three three to five minutes, I'd say, most dreams. That do seem like they go on for hours and hours and hours. And um, I know I have some where it feels to me like I'm dreaming all night and I... I could actually be going in and out of different dreams all night. You know how you're one place and then you're suddenly you're in another scene and then you're back to the original scene. And uh, so it seems like you're dreaming all night long, but I don't actually think we are. And are we actually in an alternate reality at that stage in the dream? Or is it like, is it a real place or is it just a make yuppie place? I think it's what level of dreaming you're in because there's, okay, so 
let's break down the levels. All right, we already talked about the fact that if you, part of the process of uh, falling asleep and dreaming is to rejuvenate the body. And then there's another aspect where you are processing events of your day out. And then you have uh, levels of dream where you're out of your body and you're traveling into other dimensions and, and experiencing other realities. So we can be doing that. Then there's levels of dreams where uh, people are dreaming about the future or possible uh, timelines that could manifest on the earth, prophetic type dreams. Um, there's dreams where people find themselves in not so nice places. So there's various things that can happen, but because your conscious mind is shut down, uh, the other parts of us have an opportunity to have a little bit of freedom. You know, we can leave our bodies. We stay tethered to the bodies by our silver cord, but we can leave our bodies and float off and explore other realities. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different levels of what goes on in a dream. And sometimes, you know, we, this is where some of us do our planetary mission. Uh, I had a friend one time back in Chicago whose husband uh, in his 3D waking life didn't seem to be a very awake or aware man <clears throat> spiritually or metaphysically. But one night, um, my girlfriend heard him talking in his sleep. He was dreaming and he was, he was talking about checking the grids <laughs> in particular locations around the planet. We have to check the grids. And yet this man, you know, if you woke him up and said, Hey, do you know what you're dreaming about? You're talking about fixing the grids. He'd look at you like you were an alien. He'd like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what a grid is. But here he was in this other part of himself uh, doing planetary work. Uh, and this this is common. I mean, people do do this a lot. <clears throat> so there's so many different, different, different levels of dreams. And is it possible to get caught somewhere in a dream. Do you know, you know how the Native Americans talk about leaving a soul piece somewhere and having to go and pick up soul pieces. Is that possible in a dream that you might lose a, part Leave of a yourself piece of or yourself or get caught somewhere? Well, I suppose it's always possible pieces of you could get stuck places. But are you talking in a negative sense? Do you think if you have a negative experience, is that what you mean? Yeah, you know, like if you have a nightmare, for example, and you're really scared, uh, is there a danger there of some aspect of yourself getting stuck? Well, of course there is a possibility, but nightmares are, what they really are is when you have a fear, a deep-seated fear, and you you find yourself in a dimension that matches your fear. In other words, because there's un, an unlimited number of dimensions out there, uh, we've got positive, we've got negative, we've got all sorts of uh, dimensions. But nightmares usually, if you really were to look at them and uh, analyze your dreams, they really do always point to a, some sort of a subconscious fear that a person has. And you can find yourself in the dimension that matches that. So it depends how scared you are because 
um, a lot of times when we dream and we're really frightened, suddenly we wake up, you know, something wakes us up, whether we wake ourselves up, but there could be dreams where you're really terrified. I've had dreams where I've been confronted by really negative things and paralyzed with fear in the dream where you feel you can't move and then something wakes you up. But I do think on coming back in, in other words, if you're out of your body or your consciousness is way out there in a dream and you suddenly wake up, wake yourself up and you're, you come back into waking consciousness, it is possible that little fragments of yourself could still be out there. Okay. But I think as you, what I normally see happen as you go about the day is those parts come back and they're integrated. And that's a little bit different than what you're talking about where people go through trauma in their waking life, let's say, right. or they go through something that disturbs them and a piece of them goes into shock. And when you go into shock, that piece will kind of stay disconnected from you out in the ether somewhere. Uh, so that's what shamans are talking about. When you lose soul pieces like that, pieces of you fragment off. And then that's when you'd have a soul retrieval and you'd go looking for those parts or a shaman would to bring them back to you because they are pieces of your vital life force energy that you fragment off when you have a difficult time uh, dealing with something that's occurring in your life. Right, right. Now, when we dream, we often find everything is possible. You know, you can do extraordinary things, in, mm -hmm. including flying and you're underwater and you're not breathing, for example, but right. it doesn't phase you. And yeah. mm -hmm. what might seem absolutely abnormal or extra ordinary abilities. Why is that possible in dreams and not in the 3D reality we find ourselves in during the day? Well, again, it's because you're not in time and you're not in in your body. Your consciousness is soaring out. It's not limited by the body. It's not limited by the conscious mind. And it has the ability to have some freedom, you know. So it is really a spirit part of us that does get to go travel, that is unfettered, if you will. Um, and you're also in realities where thought manifests instantly. Okay, so, and that's true even if you deliberately practice uh, journeying out of the body, for example, when you are out of, have, if you're having an out-of-body experience in your waking life, You'll find also that wherever you go when you're out of your body, your thoughts manifest instantly. And that's because, again, we're, they're not bound by the laws of time and physics of the 3D world when you're awake. I'm curious as we're having this conversation, Ahanu, how much of this is, is related to the hormone and chemical processes in our brains? Because like we found out, from source, when you're awake, your body produces different chemicals uh, stimulated by the sunlight. And when you go to sleep, you know, those are not active. So it makes me wonder, are some of these abilities to be free of the fetters of the body and everything, do they have to do with the chemical composition 
of ourselves at any given moment? Be an interesting question to yeah. ask source because I, I'd love to know the answer yeah, to that too because you know it raises the whole question then also of nourishment now you talked about being nourished in the dream state but if the chemicals in the brain are nourished by the food that we eat for example then doesn't it follow that a, a more well-balanced well-nourished person would have different dreams than one who was malnourished for example, or do, is there any connection at all between the physical nourishment and and the the color nourishment that you mentioned that we get through dreaming? Well, there might be a small connection, but I don't think it's the whole picture. Um, and it, it's hard to know because we're not talking. We haven't really researched that or talked to many people who, let's just say, eat all all raw food, for example, or all organic food but i do think a person's consciousness uh, still has a lot to do with what they dream i think it has to do with the person themselves uh, what's in their subconscious what's going on in their daily lives and i think that has a lot to do with what a person dreams because certainly you can talk to people who in fact we have friends who are raw food vegans who had a little bit of a dream uh, hangout thing on uh, online periodically, they and did. and they all had a wide variety of dreams, and those dreams weren't always uh, positive. Some of them were uh, disturbing or pointed to areas in their life where they weren't entirely pleased with themselves. You know, so so I I don't know that how much that matters. Right, right, right. Now there was one question, Angeros, that I wanted to get answered when we were talking about. Uh, leaving soul pieces in a dream and it was if somebody if you're disturbed when you're dreaming do you know something happened dog barks or somebody comes in the room for example or somebody shakes you out of the dream mm-hmm. is there some kind of a disconnect happens there because i i know from my own personal experience when that happens you you feel a little disconnected or out yeah of you're sorts. disoriented yeah mm-hmm. so what's why is that what's happening there well, I think it's what we said. I think the body is in a particular uh, place when it's sleeping and particular other dimensional space. It's also not producing the same uh, chemicals. So when somebody jolts you out of sleep, let's say, or dreams, all of a sudden your body's got to send all these quick signals that says, oh, geez, I, I got to wake up now. You know, got to produce these other uh, chemicals and hormones because I'm I'm awake now, but I also think that you might come back into your body uh, in a funny way where maybe not all of you is back entirely when that happens, and that's that's to me when you feel a little bit disoriented, and um, I've had that happen where you've actually come in and woken me up out of a dream. You know when you get those early morning dreams, uh, some of those some of those early morning dreams are the most vivid and the most powerful. But you've come in and woken me up out of a dream, and it's sometimes it's taken me hours to come back fully to be here because I'm part of my energy feels like it's still in the dream, in the scene, in the whatever's unfolding, and yet another part of me now is here, and I do feel 
really disoriented and you know you'll all oh come on come in and come out and sit with me and i'm like i'm not awake i'm not i'm not here yet entirely so that does happen and it can take people a little bit or or they can might even feel physically off you know throughout half of their day or whatever yeah. where they just feel like they didn't come back into their body correctly yeah. uh, or fully yes. all right so that can happen right when somebody is in the dream how is it that a lot of times, this is perhaps it's just peculiar to me, I don't know, but a lot of times my dreams are just black and white. There doesn't seem to be any color in them. And then other times they, see, they would be in full technicolor. But most of the time they seem to be black and white. But what's going on there? Especially when you've said that we, we get colors in our dream state that nourish us. Yeah. But like I say, I do think the nourishment is dependent upon what level of sleep you actually get to. Okay, for for example, you know, I do have a relative who um, has a disorder where she can't get to certain levels of sleep at night. So, therefore, she's always exhausted when she gets up and they put her on medication. I forgot what the disorder is. <clears throat> but there are people who... who um, don't fully get to those deep levels. But I think when we asked Source about black and white dreams, Source did point to that there could be some uh, malnourishment going on for the person uh, in terms of their own particular vitality. But you may also find yourself uh, in a reality that is devoid of color. So, or a dimension, let's just say. And it would be it would be a low-frequency place. It would be, some people call those places hibernation zones where uh, the frequency is really low. There's not a, a big amount of life force energy going on there. And, you know, you could find yourself in that place and that might be showing you that you are deficient in certain colors or certain vitamins or minerals in your daily life. So that's, I think, the answer we got from that. Okay, we, we've tackled this up to now, more or less, from the physical side of things, you know, where we talked about hormones and synapses in the brain and the physical location in the brain and the, the nourishing of the body and that kind of thing. It's been more or less at that level. When we move into the spirit side of things, is the brain, is our spirit actually involved in the dream? In other words, is that us in a spirit body when we're dreaming? Is that the spirit of us that's going that's going off on these adventures? Well, yeah, it is. It's the spirit side of you that is going off and having these adventures. Uh, sure, because it's not bound by the by your physicality. Okay, so like when you're awake, you do have a portion of your spirit that's in your body. In fact, your body is really made up of some of your own spirit energy okay the you that has your personality for example the you know the your kundalini in your body is is your spirit energy inside your body okay so that does go off and travel a portion of it does i don't know that it it all does entirely but because you probably wouldn't be alive if it all left all right but yeah it does go go off so I, we could get confused here because our spirit self, we're not talking about a part of us that is 
way, way, way out close to God's source. We're talking about an individuated spirit that is coming into different dimensions and realities to learn and experience. So that's the level that we're we're talking about our spiritual energy. Right. Okay. And what ha- happened in the beginning that made dreaming necessary? Well, I think it's perception, actually. I think it's our idea that we are disconnected from all that is. Because, and this is, so it's really a consciousness thing that makes us feel that we have to, that we're split off really from our subconscious mind or we're split off from the spiritual levels. We're really not, but the problem is, is that in our 3D life, we're so focused on this material reality and we're so focused on our linear focus of attention from past to present to future that we're really not aware of the spiritual levels that are around us at all times like when we started our conversation today source was defining dreaming as all these beautiful ribbons of color that we interact with all the time and we're not aware that we're interacting with levels of color all day long because we just don't see in those kind of subtler levels. In other words, when people do start to wake up and they start to see auras around things, for example, okay, they're starting to tune in to the subtler levels of life. But you're not talking about waking up now from a night's sleep. You're talking about no, 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 to awareness. Right, waking up to awareness. That's right. Okay. So... Um, we dream because we, we have a need to because of where our perception is focused. And, uh, for people who knew about, uh, Jay Krishnamurti, wonderful teacher some years ago, uh, he was a very awake man. I mean, very, very awake. He would see these, the subtler energies of life, uh, in his daily life. He'd see energy moving in and out of trees and plants and, He'd be watching the life force energy travel through the air. And we don't normally see at those levels. But he had always said that once you truly wake up, you have no need to dream. There's no need. All right. Because you're awake all the time. So just answering your question, when you put the ad out about today's topic, you said, does God dream? And I would say, no, you know, God is pure pure awakeness you know pure consciousness right. alive and and awake uh all the time you know there's no need to dream or when you know somebody asks the question do people who cross over dream and um i don't think they do either because i think they're at a different level of awareness right where there's plus they don't have a body that has to be rejuvenated right. so i don't think that they would dream either so does it, does that mean then that when somebody says, oh, I, I never dream or I, I, I don't ever remember any dreams that I have, does that mean that they're making spiritual progress in some way? Not necessarily because you could still be dreaming and not remember that you've dreamt. So we can't right. generally assume that. You know what I mean? I think what we're talking about is people who become more and more awake like that have more and more energy and sleep less and less. Right. Okay, so I think also that a lot of us like to sleep 
and we like to dream. So when you when you think of if you did get to the point of awareness where you no longer needed that for rejuvenation or you you are awake enough where you're in the moment, let's say, and you're processing events as they come in, um, and there's no need to do it while you're sleeping, that you would have this incredible vitality and you probably wouldn't need to sleep. But it's kind of like when we discuss people who get to the awareness where they don't need to consume food anymore, you know, where they are living off of uh, sunlight or they're living off of uh, just life force energy itself because they're in this state, mystical state or consciousness level where they're they're just awake all the time. And we realize too, to get to that place, you really would have to become You'd really have to gain a state of consciousness where you really were no longer interested in food anymore or tasting or all the social aspects of dining with somebody. All of those belief systems we have associated with the process of eating. It's the same thing when we think about sleeping. You know, like I was just talking to you this morning about how I was cozy in my bed. You know, my covers were all wrapped up and, and uh, you know, we kind of like drifting off into sleep so we can actually take sleep literally to say that we do it because we are really not vital not vitally awake and we still have attachments to certain things that we do so yeah. people like to dream you know they, they like to go to sleep and go off and dream and I guess it's some way connected to when we go unconscious from some trauma or some realization the body will shut down and in order to recover and to rejuvenate yeah again. that's true okay yep. let's just remind our listeners that you're listening to myself ahanu and angel rose on world of empowerment radio and we are speaking on the subject of dreams and we started off this morning talking about dreaming about the king arthur sagas and the adventures of Merlin and that kind of thing and lo and behold into our reality pops this little shield the shield of the Knights of Camelot and <laughs> I know and we have to make make the point it's timing is really what it is because yeah. even though we know that shield belongs to the children next door how long have we lived here and that never shield has it. never landed in our yard <laughs> that's right yes I know and that's all the more reason to become aware of all these little coincidences but we want to just mention that our sponsor this week is Diamond Sun Hosting, who has been consciously hosting your spiritual website since 1993 at diamondsunhosting.com. Now, we want to invite you also to sponsor an episode or the whole series. And if you want to do that, contact us at admin at worldofempowerment.com or direct to Angel Rose at angelrose.com. Let me spell that before we play our little break. And it's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com. Angelrose at angelrose.com. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series. 
with Angel Rose and Ahanu. Well, you're very, very welcome back. And we are speaking about dreams today. And before the break, we were talking about the little coincidence we had when we were talking about the Knights of Camelot and finding the shield in the backyard. And that leads us perfectly into the next question, Angel Rose, which is about past lives in dreams. Now, a past life in Camelot or a past life as a knight or a past life, indeed any past life, do we dream about our past lives? And if we do, do we go into full character? In other words, like take on the embodiment of that past life personality. You could dream about a past life of yourself and you could dream that you're in the scene wearing the clothing uh, just like you would have been. That's very possible to do. Or you may be taking the role of, of an observer where you're above the scene watching it or... But, of course, that's possible. Any Anything is really possible in a dream. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever dreamt of a past life in a dream. Um, maybe I have. You know, sometimes you do find yourself in a different time period of history. And, uh, you know, scenes are going on. And, well, and it's true because we both know we probably live back in the time period of uh, King Arthur and knights and all of that, you know. In fact, because of all the psychic surgery I do, there's actually a lot of people who were who were knights and lived in those kingdoms, and I think that's why we like watching it. All right, because it yeah, does remind us of a time that we does. probably did live, and even a location, you know, back in England, yeah, back there. It feels it feels comfortable and it feels familiar. I know, yeah, and even the the castles and the clothes that they wore and the baskets that they put food in and you know, the difference between the king and the common people and the horses and all the the uh, ways that they dressed and the swords. I think we just, we have some memory of it. That's why we like it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But let me just make a point with past lives, though, that the same would be true if people, like I have no desire to go to India, let's just say, okay? And many people love India. You've been to India been many, many, times. many times. But I've never had a desire. Of course, that might be changing a little bit now. But let's just say, for the majority of my life, I it would repel me to think of going there. But that's an indication that I had a life there that I didn't necessarily like. You know, and I have a feeling that it had to do with uh, extreme poverty. Yes. Okay, so that's that can be an indication as well when you have when you think of a country or a place that you just no way no way you know like my daughter hates Egypt everything about Egypt and that's past life too where she did not have a good experience in a lifetime in Egypt so she she has no desire to she doesn't want to hear about anything about it now I have a strange uh, it's funny you should mention that because it brings it up for me that all my life I've never ever had the desire to go to Australia of all places now it's mm -hmm. a it's, you know it's a well-developed, prosperous country, mm -hmm. speaks English, absolutely wonderful culture, great race of people, all of that. But I know now where it comes from, having done so much past life work, that a lot of Irish people were banished by the English to the colonies. Mm -hmm. And one of them, of course, was what they called Van Diemen's Land, more or less uh, New Zealand at that point in time, but also uh, Australia. And 
for me in my past life memory it represents punishment and and mm -hmm. banishment and mm -hmm. abandonment and all of those mm -hmm. kinds of things and hard work and slavery and all of that so i it makes sense it makes sense yeah i don't have a desire to go there either interestingly and yet my brother when he was alive when he was in the navy he went to australia and he just oh my god this is so fantastic but i myself never went either but speaking of the irish people who who were banished there a lot of them though did make it their home and liked it so i do think it has to do with the experience because there's a lot of irish people absolutely who go to australia now and love it absolutely and the same is true of the united states you know after the the yeah. famine in ireland many many millions of people came to the united states yeah. and made it their home and it everything turned around for them it was the best thing that ever happened to them yeah. but for me though with australia yeah. it was some such memory. a nice experience yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Mm -hmm. okay let's talk a little bit about lucid dreams angel rosa because many people including our own very special guest penny kelly who we've had on the show many many times told us and if anybody wanted to listen to these uh, past recordings, they are actually in the archives. You can listen to them on iTunes or you can go to World of Empowerment Archives and listen there to a session we did with Penny Kelly on lucid dreaming, where she talked about not only being in one level of a dream, but being in four or five possible levels of the dream mm -hmm. and being in control of them. Yeah, was she was awake in her dreams. Yeah. She was definitely lucid dreaming. So that's that's what it means. Lucid dreaming means that while you're in a dream, you wake up to the fact that you're in the dream and you're consciously aware that you're dreaming. And you can direct what's going on. You can. You can change yeah. the outcome. You can uh, create the scenarios. But she's, she first found herself in... Um, meeting other selves of her she was in multi-dimensions yeah. where she'd see other aspects of herself living in other dimensions and what they were doing and then she'd communicate with them and chat with I them know, and right? that was fascinating yeah she's she's exceptional as we know but yeah lucid dreaming is a is a practice of waking yourself up while you're in a dream and directing the course of the dream and even manifesting a future for yourself from the dream state there are tapes out there on lucid dreaming there's instructions on how to practice doing that if you're if you're interested but that brings up a whole other level of dreaming where you can be awake in a dream and actually do manifesting from that place which is out of time okay right and would that manifesting come into our 3D reality, much like our shield of Camelot this morning. It does. It does. It manifests things in your 3D. So you can heal from that place. You can direct the course of events from that place. Um, it is a discipline and a practice uh, of a way to use um, yourself in another dimension that is not bound by these, by our linear time, let's just say. You know, you're in a timeless place, so if you're conscious that you're in it, and you want to manifest things in 3D, you do it from that vantage point, and then they do show up here. I have a question for our audience, and it is it relates to a story that my father used to teach, uh, used to tell us years and years and years and years ago when we were very small, a puzzle actually, where he would say to us, a night watchman came to his, his boss. Is this a true story? <laughs> a night watchman came to his boss and said, 
I had a dream last night, boss, that you shouldn't travel today, that uh, it, you will certainly meet your death. And the boss turned around and fired him on the spot. Why did he do that? Well, it let him know that <laughs> the employee wished he was dead. <laughs> no, it was actually to do with the fact that he was a night watchman and he shouldn't have been sleeping. Oh, I can't. <laughs> shouldn't have been dreaming in the first place. Oh, I missed that one. That was a good one, Harlem. Yeah, but here's the thing. I want to ask you about premonitions. So that night watchman had a, some kind of a premonition, obviously. And talk to us, Angel Rose, about your knowledge from the Akashic Records and your experience and what you wrote in your book, a time of change about premonitions in dreams. You know, Source has always been really, really careful with us about premonitions and prophecies. And when people dream of doomsday scenarios, okay, or apocalyptic type things, usually, you know, two things are happening. Number one, they can be tuning into a timeline where that is occurring okay or could occur on the earth but the other part of it is is sometimes we are used by negative forces okay to create scenarios that they want to see play out okay so it really can be a type of implanting where negative energies use your consciousness um to create scenes in your mind that are looking like their future uh, horrible catastrophes and of course what it what happens when you dream that you wake up you're scared you feel fear okay and trepidation and suddenly your emotional body is now engaged in that event so we actually help create those events out of our fear and what we have found through sources is that we have an incredible nerve network in our solar plexus that actually connects to the planetary grids. It actually connects us to each other on this dimension, but it actually connects us to a world grid as well. And your emotional body is connected in that place. So if you have a dream like that, and you wake up fearful and you energize that fear and you start telling all sorts of other people about it, you know, in that way you help create it. Okay, you help create it in our future. You give it strength. So, and it goes through your emotional network out through those grids and affects other people and maybe they start having the same dreams. And I think we need to understand how powerful consciousness really 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 is okay because source always cautions us against energizing doomsday scenarios for that reason alone and i'm going to qualify this and say it isn't that there are not timelines in existence for the earth that are um, catastrophic i'm not saying they're not but there are just as many paradise timelines for the earth as well and it does matter which one you energize in terms of which one do we see play out in our 3d world so i know a lot of people um, a lot of people who are psychic you know they'll they start out being psychic by dreaming of these types of things and then maybe an event will happen and they'll say well i knew that because i dreamt about it 
or they'll dream of somebody they know dying and then the person dies. And then they say, wow, I must be really psychic because I dreamt about that before it happened. But I want to just say to people that, you know, if you were to really ask yourself, what would be the point of you dreaming about, let's just say a relative, let's say Aunt Josie, you dream that Aunt Josie is going to die and uh, the next week Aunt Josie dies. So you could be tuning into the event of Aunt Josie because you're the same family and you're seeing that she is going to leave this world. And, uh, and that would be natural, actually, because we are psychically connected to our relatives. All right. But sometimes, too, um, those things show up in a dream for you to offer that person a blessing because maybe it's not necessarily their time to go. And their spirit is needing some sort of assistance. Okay. So whenever I dream of, I don't ever really dream of people dying like that, but the rare times that I have had a dream of uh, a doomsday thing, I think I did have one a few years ago, actually, you know, you wake up, I allowed myself to feel what that felt like. And then I just, in my consciousness, I said, no, no, that's not the timeline that I'm choosing to energize. Okay, so you kind of have to get a, get your wits about you and make a different decision, okay? Right, right. Now, tell us about the people who are in the dreams. You know, you talked about dreaming of uh, the prophetic dream where somebody is dying, but in general, who who are the people in our dreams? Well, there could be many things. It all depends now. Here we're going to switch into different levels of dreaming and different things you can do with dreams. Okay, because on one level, they could actually be other people on other dimensions that you're interacting with. Uh, they could be uh, messages from spirit guides or higher parts of you. But I always like to take things down to the level that everything in the dream uh, is a symbol of some aspect of yourself. So, in other words, you know... I started to analyze dreams, my own dreams, by making everybody and everything in the dream me. So I would st start at the beginning of a dream. Let's just say I was on the beach, for example. I would get out my notebook and I, I would write the dream out so that I wouldn't forget it in the sequence that it happened. And then um, I would ask, I would take it down by say, okay, I am the beach. And then I would describe what the beach meant to me. And if the water was wavy or if the water was calm, I'd say, you know, I am the water. And then I'd write down what that meant to me. And then whatever happened next, I'd write down what that meant to me. And as it turned out, I started to get these really incredible messages by doing that, by looking at my dreams in that way. And that also was really helpful when I had a dream that I felt was disturbing or negative. And sometimes when I took it down and I started writing out what the whole thing meant to me in the sequence, it turned out to be a very positive message. And it also, I could easily see how higher parts of me were trying to talk to me through dreams. So I always like to say that no matter who's in the dream, uh, even if it's pieces of your everyday life, like for example, I mentioned that 
in in Merlin that we were watching yesterday, the episode was uh, they had a food shortage, let's just say, and people were in line waiting and kids were hungry and all that. So then I went ahead and I had a dream that my granddaughter and another little girl were hungry. Okay, so on one level you could say, well, you only dreamt that because you were watching this show. But on another level, if I took that apart, I look at, I woke up thinking, there's a part of my inner child that's hungry. Uh, what's it hungry for? Do you know what I mean? Because why does your consciousness isolate certain parts of your day or certain parts of something that went on? It won't take it all. It will only take parts of it and you'll find yourself dreaming about parts of it. But that's because those parts mean something to you. Let us take a very, very quick break by reminding our listeners that you're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu, and we're speaking today on World of Empowerment Radio. We're speaking about dreams in particular, and our sponsor is Diamond Sun Hosting, consciously hosting spiritual websites since 1993 at diamondsunhosting.com. We'll be right back after this break. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us today in our discussion on dreams. So, Hanu, you said you had a few extra questions about dreams. I and we do want to invite anybody who's listening, if you want to call in and talk to us about dreams, you can call in by dialing 805-292-0349. That's 805-292-0349. Now, Angel Rose. Before the break there, we were talking about the people who were in our dreams and how we would analyze the dream. So, do you recommend writing down the dream? Do you recommend keeping a dream journal? And what, what purpose does it actually serve when you do any kind of analysis on a dream? Well, I do recommend people have a dream journal and they do write down their dreams because there is a tremendous amount of information that you can gather about yourself in a dream. You know, like I say, you know, my own method is, is that you, you realize everything in the dream is you on some level and you, you go in the sequence and you start asking yourself about everything in the dream. And I do mean everything. I'm not talking about just people. I'm saying, you know, like I mentioned, if you dream where you're on a beach, you start out writing about the beach and the water. Uh, if you're in a mountain and you're climbing, you ask yourself about the mountain and you ask yourself about climbing. An example that I always have in my own dreams is that I know are hugely significant is if I dream I'm uh, about to board a really white jumbo jet, for example. This is a reoccurring dream that I have. And sometimes I'm I'm on the jet already and I'm in a type of a dome near the top. Other times I'm trying to get to the gate. Other times I'm, uh, it's landing and it's landing on some alien place. 
But when I dream about those jets, depending on what is happening, whether I make it to the gate where I'm having obstacles, that always lets me know something about what's going on in my own life. So I think because we are so focused in 3D reality, our own higher parts, if they want to get a message to us, or let's just say our own subconscious as well, if it wants to talk to us, it has to use the dream state and it will use symbols in order to get messages across. And again, this is because we are not awake to these other levels in our normal waking life. And obviously, the more awake you become, the more you start seeing the symbolism of uh, things that go on in your life as a reflection of your consciousness, you get really good at that. But until you get to that point, you know, you will have dreams that will teach you a lot of things about yourself and choices that you need to make or choices that you're having difficulty making. So should somebody follow those standard dream interpretation books or do you think they should analyze them themselves? Well, I'll answer that in two ways. Yes, I do think people should analyze their own dreams <clears throat> because everybody has their own unique associations with with everything okay but there's nothing wrong with dream books as long as you put them into a, a particular perspective in other words if you're not going to analyze a dream like we've been talking about today you might find yourself drawn to a dream book in a shop that might have an interpretation that you resonate with okay so I think everything has its purpose at its own level do you know what I mean? Like I, when I, early on, before I really learned how to take my own dreams down, I got a lot of dream books, you know? I looked at a lot of them. I, I would start out with normal ones, and then I would go into uh, Carl Jung's Jungian-type, more archetypal, more symbolic types of dreams, or some people might be attracted to Freud's sexuality and read their dreams at that level. And I think it has to do with, where your consciousness is, because I found for myself, I eventually moved out of uh, wanting books to tell me what things meant. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of moved into my own language. And I, I think that's actually, actually probably the highest thing to do, but, but not everybody might be ready for that level. So, yes. so they all have their place. Right. Now, you mentioned when you were describing your own dreams there about the jumbo jet, for example, that it was a re reoccurring dream. Mm -hmm. What is it about reoccurring dreams? Are they more important than other dreams that you quickly forget, for example? Have they special significance? Are they something you should act out on, on your, in your daily life? Or is it some kind of divine or spiritual message for you that you need to take care of? Well, I do think reoccurring dreams have special messages. For people. I think they can point to, like I say, with mine, I know that when I dream of that jet, that it's my higher self talking to me. It's my higher parts trying to give me a message. The jumbo jet always symbolizes to me uh, elevation of consciousness or higher mind, let's say, uh, or moving to a higher level. So, but some people have negative reoccurring dreams. You know, they have dreams where they're being chased, let's say. Uh, that's a common one. And I think that's always about a fear that you're not facing. You know, that reoccurs and it may surface at different times in your life. Or 
your subconscious is still trying to work out the same thing. So you'll have the same kind of a dream where you're being chased. And, um, and I think those things are very worthwhile to do some symbolic introspection, like I was mentioning, to find out what is the reoccurring message there. Right, yeah. And does that also follow for example soldiers that have come back from traumatic scenes in war killing and death and that kind of thing and they have very very disturbed sleep and reoccurring dreams about what they've done is that what's actually happening it's it's wanting them to face and absolve or perhaps forgive the issue well i do think it, in those cases it's probably the subconscious trying to integrate the experience you know in other right. words i think there is healing that needs to happen in those cases absolutely and i think the subconscious is uh traumatized and it needs help i think that's what's going on in those right a dream that happens often for a lot of people is a sexual dream many people i have heard in the past say that this is just purely a, a release what really is happening on the spiritual level with sexual dreams well, I can't generalize it for everyone, but those dreams would probably have multi-levels as well. And I, and I do think it's valid to say that some aspects of sexual dreams are probably release, need, need for release. There are, but you know, again, I would take it down symbolically because even, even sex itself, we each have our own associations with sex and sex and sexual energies are obviously very powerful because they're they're creative. I mean, they are a form of our creative energy, and it might could point to us examining or what what is going on on many levels. On a physical level, you could say what's going on with my sexuality. On an emotional level, you could say, you know, what do I need to create that I'm not creating? What am I? What kind of union or communion am I longing for that's not happening? You know, on a mental level, it could be pointing to desires that are, are unfulfilled. You know, so sometimes you can be having sex with uh, what people call astral energies. In other words, um, there is a, a belief out there sometimes that disincarnate souls will actually interrupt your dreams and have sex with you they interpret that as a no-no, you know, like that is really not cool to be having sex with other entities in your sleep. But I always say nothing really happens to us without our consent on some level. Okay, so I'm just saying that if you are having sex with astral entities, I would still use the same process. I would still take it down and I'd be asking myself, depending on what the person looked like and who they were and the energy of the person, I'd still be asking myself what they mean to me because it would be pointing to, again, showing you something about yourself that you need to see. Yes, but it also raises the other question about the possibility of being infiltrated by negative energies in the astral. Is mm -hmm. that possible? It is possible, but again, it doesn't happen without your own level of consciousness it's still it's, it's kind of like when we answered the question about dreaming in black and white that you know yeah you are in a dimension that's devoid of color 
but it's also telling you that there's part of you that's devoid of color. All right, so if you if you are encountering negative experiences in dreams, there still is. I mean, is that really happening? Yes, it can be really happening, but you still would would look at it from the symbolic level. You'd still be taking responsibility for the fact that there is a common a common denominator between your own consciousness and where you are and what you're experiencing. And I'm being clear to say it's not your whole entire consciousness, but it could be a part of you that um, needs attention that you need to take a look at. Right. Now, here's a question. We spoke earlier about Penny Kelly being able to lucid dream and being able to direct the different levels of the dream that she was in. Like she was in a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream and she was still aware of all the different level four and sometimes even five levels. Now, she got confused a few times though where she couldn't tell the difference what was her 3D world and what was a yes, dream. Yes, indeed. And that leads me to my question. Yeah. Are we in a dream here in the 3D <laughs> world? Are we living a dream and, and not realize it? Well, there certainly are belief systems out there that, you know, the Native Americans believe this was a dreamscape. Certainly sources told us, you know, now we're getting into what's reality and what's illusion. Okay. And, um, Certainly the perceptions that we have made about ourselves and our world are, are illusory or dreams on many levels, uh, precisely because we're in a temporal, temporal universe where things change, they come and go. So on one level, yeah, it's all a dream. We're dreaming the whole thing up. Uh, the real reality is, is God's love. And that's the simplest answer. Okay. And um, that's a whole other experience when you truly are in God's love. And I don't think anybody is truly in God's love in this dimension. So we're, we are making up a version of what we think is true with our beliefs and our agreed beliefs in mass consciousness, our personal beliefs, and then our, like I say, our agreed beliefs. Uh, somebody tells us, uh, science tells us, this is the way the physics are, and we believe it. And then some years later, somebody discovers something new and says, oh, well, oh, that, that physics wasn't really true. This is true. And we shift and we say, okay, yeah, now that's what reality is and what the physics are. And so it changes all the time, and it changes with our awareness. So, yes, uh, we are dreaming this, and you can prove that to yourself really easily. For example, the fact that we manifested a shield in our yard this morning, okay, is an extension of what we were encountering in our our waking life, quote-unquote, quote okay? It can show you how things in your... Okay, so in other words, we made the point to say it's really all about timing. Of all the times that those children have lived next door, never have their shield ever come in our yard. Never did we know they had a shield. But all of a sudden, just when we're watching, you know, uh, movies about shields and knights and fighting, does this shield appear in our yard? So that tells you that you manifest uh, moment by moment all sorts of things. And I've even had dreams where I, I remember one dream I had in Delaware where I was dreaming about this particular truck. And I clearly saw the writing on the side of the truck and 
I was trying to get my children to school and I was late and all this. Well, I woke up the next morning and I got in my car. I had to go somewhere and sir, there, there the whole dream seemed to continue because the, the same truck that I was seeing in my dream suddenly appeared in my everyday life. I passed it on the street and it looked like it was a sequence. It was a continuation of my dream when I was sleeping. It had extended itself into my 3D world, you know? So, yes, on one level, it is all a dream. We are making this up as we go along. And, and here's another little story. Um, when I ran a, a business back in Chicago, I had a gift shop. And I had a man who w brought his things in on consignment. And he wasn't necessarily a, a spiritual guy or an awake guy. He was pretty 3D. But his dad had died like a month before. And he, and he stopped in one day and he said, I have to tell you about this dream I had about my dad because I figured you'd know what, what, what it meant. And he said he had a dream that he saw his father and his father said to him, I am perceived only by you. And it was kind of a mind blower because yes, in a way the indeed. father was saying, mm -hmm. I only exist because you believe in me. Do you know what I mean? And of course, uh, this is could be a whole other conversation, as yes. you know. But ultimately, when you become uh, a conscious manifest, a conscious manifester, you really do start to notice the connection between what you're thinking about and what occurs in your re in your three D reality. Right. Okay. Uh, and I think the problem is, is most people are not aware at that level of that connection between their thoughts and their beliefs and what shows up in their daily lives. And you and I, we've seen that all the time. You know, what you put attention on, all of a sudden there's all this activity in that shows up in your life about That's it. Right. Or, or when a woman gets pregnant, let's say, you could go down the street and never notice a pregnant woman at all for years and years. And then you become pregnant or somebody that you know becomes pregnant. All of a sudden, all you see are pregnant women everywhere. It's like buying the red car and suddenly there's red cars everywhere. Everywhere. Or you're buying yes. an Audi or a Toyota. And yes. Suddenly, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, they could have been there all, all along. That's right. Yes. And you just never saw them. Yes. But the point is, we're making is that perception does seem to have something to do with what shows up in your life. Right. Right. Now, you mentioned that because of the very nature of the, of the human and the need for dreaming for nourishment and replenishment and activity and experience and its connection with the spirit okay so uh, for that reason everybody every human and various animals have this necessity to dream but my question now is about the various races of people who are on the planet. You've got Chinese and Japanese and Indian and, right? How is it that they, everybody dreams in their own language? Well, because it's their own consciousness. It's still their own consciousness. It's not different. But isn't there a, a human consciousness? Isn't there a collective consciousness? Well, on the symbolic level, there's a collective consciousness in the sense of the way we we are associative creatures. And in that way, we make up our own associations. So that is what's common among people. And then if you get into collective unconscious archetypes, you know, which could be another uh, topic for our Sunday groups, actually. But that's the idea that <clears throat> there's a, an agreed upon symbolic pictures of reality that mean the same thing for all people all over the world 
and um, I think there could be a universal thing like that. We have to explore that more. But uh, normally, you know, people will, they'll dream in their own language because, okay, here's another example of that. It's, we won't even talk about dreams. People who communicate with animals, for example, okay, psychically communicate with animals. Uh, when they tune into an animal telepathically, it isn't that uh, my dog in America knows English. It's that I'm turn tuning into its thought processes. And there's something in that thought process that translates to the language that I can understand. Okay, so if I was in China, my dog would talk to me in Chinese. If You know, it, it's yes. it's that there is something that transfers a thought into a language we can understand. Right. Does that same answer follow for why a Catholic, for example, or Christian would dream of Jesus, let's say, and a Muslim might dream of Allah? That's exactly right. And why a person would dream of Jesus looking a certain way and somebody else would see Jesus a different way. You know, they'd paint pictures. And we've seen people who've felt that they've seen Jesus and they paint Jesus looking a certain way and other people somebody paints them with blue eyes someone else paints them with brown eyes and and uh, and that all has to do with their their concept of what they think Jesus looks like when a, a loving parent would wish a child sweet dreams for example or indeed a lover sweet dreams <laughs> does that have any effect by way of you know wishing well on somebody or uh, saying a prayer for somebody or, or giving them a blessing before they sleep. Well, it is a nice little blessing, but it doesn't necessarily determine what a person dreams about, okay? Um, because dreaming has a lot to do with a person's own consciousness. So I think it's a nice sentiment. I don't necessarily think it protects a person from what, th that they could have a bad dream, for example. I don't think it protects them against that. I think that's has to do with everybody's consciousness and so I hope I answered answered that or gave you my thoughts on that anyway. And Gail Rose, in the Native American tradition there is the thought or the concept of a dream catcher. Yeah. What well, what's all that about? Well, <laughs> dream catchers are a bit different because it's a talisman, you know, and a, a talisman is an object that has been infused with particular intentions, um, usually, usually for many, many, many generations. So it does carry uh, potency in it. It does carry a powerful uh, energy in it. So dream catchers, of course, uh, were created to filter out any sort of negative interference into a person's dream state by the Native Americans. So it can, um, because of what it is, it can uh, protect in some way for a person who has dream catchers around them, only because it's a powerful talisman. Okay. I'd love to take a couple of callers here, but we are actually running short on time, uh, which will be the last one today. It's about the current time cycle that we're in. And you mentioned about everybody dreaming at their own level of consciousness. I'm wondering if dreams have changed over the last 2,000 years or 10,000 years. In other words, are people only dreaming in the time cycle that they're in? 
for right now? Like, did people in the 1800s dream the same kinds of dreams? Did people in the 1400s, the 12th? Well, I still think, no matter what time period you live in, that you're still dreaming uh, as a reflection of your own consciousness. So, like, if you lived in the 1800s or 1700s or 1600s, most likely you're dreaming about, you know, people who were dressed the way you're dressed and, you know, the time period of, of the time you would be dreaming. But in terms of content, and symbolism, it's still the same process going on. It's still, uh, you're having a relationship with different parts of yourself when you're dreaming. People back then could still be, have prophetic dreams for that time period. I mean, it's really the same thing that's going on. So I'm not seeing that people's dreams, what they dream about, they could take on a different, different scene. Let's just say if we look at dreams as, actors on a stage for example okay uh, a scene of a, a clip of a movie of your life let's just say you're still going to be dreaming about things that are important to you at the time or things that are going on in your own subconscious or in your life when you dreamt for example about the jumbo jet it, it's unlikely that somebody in the 1600s would dream about a jumbo jet because it's not in their perception. Yeah, they may ways. not. If the jumbo jet wasn't created, then they may not be tuning into that. They might be tuning into something else that means a message from their heart. They could dream of an angel. They could dream of uh, something that they could relate to. Do you know what I mean? That yes. would mean that to them. Can you, I, I know we were, I wanted to wind down, but I want to squeeze in this question <laughs> about directing your dreams, lucid dreaming. Before you even go to sleep, can you direct what you want to dream about? And let me extend that question further. Can you make the intention that you want to speak to a, a, a relative who's crossed over, for example? Can you do that? Will the consciousness listen to you? Oh, absolutely. I think your consciousness listens to all your intentions, you know. But when you're talking about meeting a, someone who's passed on, obviously that that person, that spirit would have to agree to meet you. You can make the intention to meet them, but, you know, whether they're available or not is the other issue. And you can also, like, let's say if you and I wanted to do an experiment, you and I could say, okay, uh, Ahano, before we go to bed tonight, let's agree to, to meet in a dream for such and such a purpose. Let's decide we're going to go to Egypt together, for example, in our dream state. And uh, let, let's agree that that's going to be our intention. We're going to meet each other in the dream. We're going to wake up in the dream. And, 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 Rose, we've and, put the travel companies out of and we're going to go to Egypt. Okay, you can do that. You have to have permission. You know, in other words, I actually have to have you agree to meet me there. You know, I can't just right. make the intention that I'm going to meet a Hanu in Egypt. Do you know what I mean? Right. But what about a dead person? Can you? I just said a dead person would have to, you can make the intention to meet them, but whether they're available or not to meet you right. uh, is what's going on on their side. So I wouldn't necessarily look at it as a failure if you made the intention to meet someone who's passed on and they don't appear in your dream. They could be off. They could have reincarnated again already. They could be off uh, doing something else in spirit and not be available. Now, quickly, and just t keep in that same thread <laughs> when we were talking about the intention before you go to sleep or even the intention in your dream, can you intend, like in remote viewing, can you intend 
to go somewhere and use the techniques of remote viewing to work its way into the dream and get information from past lives or future lives. Well, I don't, I don't know enough about remote viewing to answer that question because I think remote viewing um, works with a, an undisclosed target. In other words, people who do remote viewing do not know where they're wanting to go. They do not even know the location. They don't know anything. I think they're being given a coordinate or something, but they're not given a lot of info. I think that's a totally different process than what we've been talking about today. Okay, so we started off talking today about that wonderful Camelot series that we've been watching, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and all of that. And then we found a shield out in the yard this morning and it led us into talking and it was, about... The picture on the shield was also a picture of one of the the shields that are in the show as well. Yes, absolutely. Oh, which yeah. was really weird. It was a it was an eagle, but it was a strange eagle. It was exactly like one of the shields that are in yes, the show. It was. It was a direct manifestation of that. And it led us into talking about the focus of our discussion today, dreams and extraordinary dreams. And we also discussed things from the perspective of God's source. So we were, uh, my prime motivation really was determining if God dreams when we dream and of course we found out that God has no necessity to dream at all neither does any enlightened person so we talked about rejuvenating the body how dreams do that how we leave the body in dreams we talked about the alternate realities in dreams we discussed prophetic dreams and that we go on these planetary missions while dreaming we talked about the soul journeys and the soul pieces and the Native American traditions around that. We had a brief discussion about nightmares and their purpose and their impact and how fears manifest in dreams. We talked about the unlimited dimensions that are out there. And then we looked at the extraordinary abilities that we have while in the dream, stra dream state. And we also then talked about the multiple languages that are out there, but how our own perceptions filter the language into uh, one that we understand. Um, we talked about the chemicals that are in the brain that cause dreaming to happen. We looked at disorienting and disturbing dreams. We talked about the negative uh, negative forces that are out there and the possibility of hibernation zones, the spirit that dreams in us, the perception that we are somehow disconnected from spirit that causes us to go out there seeking that union with spirit. We talked about past life dreams, lucid dreaming, uh, the whole apocalyptic scenarios that can manifest out of dreams the people in our dreams, who they are and what they mean to us. We talked then about dream interpretation and looking to the dream books for, for the meaning of your dreams, writing down your dreams, keeping a dream journal, reoccurring dreams, sexual dreams. We looked at dreaming in your own language, wishing a person sweet dreams and what it means. We talked about dream catchers and then we finally found that the real reality of God's love is not a dream. And that is the reality that we all aspire to. I have a minute to say something. Uh -huh. I just want to mention a dream that you had to make another point to people. Remember last 
couple weeks ago, we were talking about Miran Kesh, and who is a nuclear physicist, and he has discovered how you actually create forms out of thin air. Well, not yes. a, you're not really out of thin air. I mean, there's a science behind it, but he's yes. discovered how it works, okay? Yes. And didn't you have a dream that night where you yourself were trying to create an apple? Do you remember? Gosh, tell yeah. tell that dream because I want to make the point to people that we can be stimulated by information and then you could dream that you are actually now now Miran Kesh is not doing it with his mind he's not doing it with his consciousness he's doing it with science yes. but you had a different dream of and it was a very alchemical dream so was, tell us yeah. about that what happened was I dreamt that I was sitting at a table and I wanted to manifest an apple. I, I wanted an apple to appear, and it wasn't happening. And then I realized in my dream that I needed to form it in my mind, like in my imagination. So sure enough, it appeared, an apple appeared on the table. But I went to pick up the apple, and it just wasn't there. It was like an imaginary apple. I could see it, but when I went to pick it up, it wasn't there. So the next development was I wanted the apple to appear in my cupped hands. And sure enough, the apple appeared in my cupped hands. But like the other time, when I went to close my hands on it to actually physically feel the apple, it, it disappeared. So it was like a, it was like an imaginary apple. A mirage. Also. A mirage, yes. But now, the next thing was I made this intention that I would actually feel the apple, that the apple was real. And like that, I closed my hands on the apple and it was real, as real as I'm sitting here right now. So that was an absolutely amazing experience. Yeah, so out of that possibility, yeah, that you, we had with Miran, you actually did it in a whole other level, which is what, what we're told thought really does create. So, yeah. So that brings us to the end of our program today. Do remember that our group Akashic Records are online every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. More information at worldofempowerment.com. Next week, it could be you. If you'd like to come on the show and discuss your passion or your spiritual business, contact us at worldofempowerment.com. So until next Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, we send you our love, our blessings, and thanks for listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. And as we say in Ireland, Slán August Bannacht de Live Galair. Bye, everyone. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living.